welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. This episode is sponsored by Netting Pros. Netting professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting professionals specializes in the design, fabrication, and installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting Professionals is an official partner of the ABCA and continues to provide quality products and services to many high school, college, and professional fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Netting Professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. Make sure to let CEO Will Miner know that the ABCA sent you. Now on to the podcast. Support for this episode is brought to you by the Headset app. Are you looking for a simple solution for coach to catcher communication for the season that doesn't require bulky hardware in the dugout? Traditional communication gear can be a headache to set up and carry from game to game. But what if there's a game-changing solution? Introducing the Headset app, your new MVP in communication for coaches and catchers. Enjoy crystal clear, ultra HD audio without the major league price tag. It's compatible with any Bluetooth headset or earbuds. Say goodbye to tangled wires and extra hardware. Ready to step up to the plate? Download the Headset app for free today. Getting started is as easy as a home run trot. Create your account, invite your team, and start calling pitches. The Headset app is ready for download in the App Store and on Google Play. Swing for the fences and download today to get a five-day free trial. And for a limited time, use ABCA24 when you buy your pass for next season and save 10%. Find out more at theheadsetapp.com. Next up on the ABCA podcast is Jager Sports' Alan Jager. Jager's a longtime friend of the ABCA and one of the main reasons the podcast got started in 2016. We're starting something new in 2024 by providing an Inside Pitch Magazine preview episode with one of that edition's contributors. Jager's interview with Adam Revelette is titled, Put in Neutral. One page is not enough to go in depth on neutrality, so we dive deeper into this topic in this episode. Big shout out to all of our contributors to the convention edition and to Adam Revelette, Keith Madison, and John Litchfield on all their hard work on Inside Pitch. Today officially kicks off the convention, so wishing everyone a great one. Let's welcome Alan Jager to the podcast. But I'll tell you one other thing. The first time we were going to meet, I have this by my bed, yeah. uh, Patanjali, right? Yeah. And I always remember 32 is something about, well, it's Koufax's number, but there, there's something about that one. There's 51 aphorisms here. And I just remember I loved the 32nd. I hadn't looked at it in a while, so I opened it up. The mind is purified as a result of one's cultivation of the virtues and practices in practice of being neutral in the face of that which is not useful to one's purposes. That was just before we were going to talk first time. Yep. Yeah, the and yamas and the yamas are by my bed. 
So that's the, the, yoga, what? the yoga sutras, the yamas and the yamas. I had a yoga instructor when I first got to Macomb that would read uh, out of that book. So I actually bought it. So it's, it's a really short, short pamphlet, uh, but it talks about basically the yogic virtues. Uh, himsa is one, non-harm. Uh, yes. There's a bunch of, bunch of the yogic Yes, it's funny. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm listening to you totally. It's funny you mentioned that. I, so I went through yoga teacher training uh, in the 90s. So you learn about the eight limbs. Yep. And um, so I remember actually Ahisma. Yep. Uh, in fact, I became a vegetarian for like five years because of it. And uh, here we are again with Alan Jager, our friend, old friend of the ABCA. And I like when you, you're, and, and I mentioned this in the intro. Uh, I mean, you're, you're, part of the driving force behind the ABCA podcast. I mean, you, you kind of mentioned back in the day in 2016 to get this going. So I, I owe you a, a debt of gratitude that I've been able to kind of do the 2.0 ABCA podcast here. Hey, listen, man. Um, it just was one of those instinctive moments with sheets. We were walking uh, around the, my neighborhood in Santa Monica and I, you know, podcasts, as you know, are starting to pop up. And I just thought with the ABCA's access and Sheets is access and and he has he's a natural, as you know. And uh, I said, man, you should do it. And it's just cool how he jumped on it. And uh, yeah, it's pretty it's just one of those moments. It's not an ego thing. It's just more of a as you know, man, it's what we're about. It's community, it's education. And I think at the end of the day, that was the, the coolest part of it is how it turned into this cool outlet for the ABCA, man. And, and you've obviously just haven't skipped a beat. And it's just, it's just awesome that it's just such a prominent picture with the ABCA now. Uh, speaking of friends of the ABCA, do you want to give Lou Pavlovich a shout out? I, I really do. Um, in fact, I have goosebumps. I, Lou is one of the first human beings in my life that really gave me a voice and with collegiate baseball um i think it might have been around 95 90 i can't really remember but whatever it was i i, I had an article with lou about long toss and then he gave me an outlet for all these mental training themes and um you know and i've probably gone to lunch maybe 10 different times eight different times with lou during i can't remember spring training i whatever it was just i i try to make it a habit of seeing Lou and going to collegiate baseball's headquarters. And, and anybody that knows Lou just knows that he's just the sweetest, kindest, and also extremely sophisticated uh, person. And uh, so, yeah, thank you for, for doing that. Cause he's, he deserves everything and, and more. You know, and you had another great idea cause you reached out to Adam Revelet and I about doing a, you know, a side interview to maybe go a little bit more in depth on our Inside Pitch magazines, which we are going to implement that. So before the Inside Pitch magazine or once it gets sent out, uh, I will do another in-depth interview that Adam's going to kind of handpick. But this is perfect because you're in the convention edition um, and you have articles on the back page. Uh, it's called Put It in Neutral. Um, so and, and this is a topic that I, I mentioned in the intro that needs a little more clarification probably because not as many people probably know the term neutrality. I know some of us do that, that study that, but dive in a little bit more on neutrality for people that, that maybe don't know what that concept is. Yeah. And, uh, and by the way, man, just on the side note, brother, I, 
I really appreciate you having me on and doing this. I want to make sure I, we always are bring our, our awareness yeah. to that as well. It's it's uh, it's greatly appreciated. Um, yeah, I mean, look, man, one of the things I, I love about our conversations is you, you love to go deep. And so uh, <laughs> I think we're going to have a chance to get pretty deep today. But to try to keep it simple. Um, you know, neutrality is one of those words that, is, as we talked about, you know, before the Zoom um, or be, before the recording, you know, we talked about this idea that um, there's something about um, this idea of well, what does it mean to be in a neutral state? And I think that um, to just cut to the chase, I liken it to really meditation. You know, it's, it's really, to me, come more out of a meditation practice you, you learn <clears throat> one of the first things you learn in meditation at least i i felt was the most important thing i learned was this idea that when thoughts come up in your mind is you don't push them away and you don't block them out um you know that just tends to give them more power and more energy like you're feeding them um but the idea is you allow them that's a really important word i've been using like nonstop lately allow you allow them to be there you, you don't resist them and, and allowing is another way of saying, I'm going to be neutral. Um, I'm, I'm not going to push them away. I'm not going to fight them. I'm not going to try to manipulate them. I'm just going to let them be. And so I would just say to keep it simple, that neutral is really just about not adding or not engaging your mind and thoughts or even a situation. It's just about allowing what is to be. If you feel a need to act on something, by all means, act on it. But it, it has more to do with this idea of just engaging and dancing with the thoughts and ruminating and and that's where a lot of i know we'll get into this later but that's where a lot of stress and anxiety comes from it's it's the additional i always tell people it's not the first thought that's the issue it's the second thought and the third thought and the ninth and the 30th it's the rumination on it is the big part and i like the term what what you resist will persist big time yep Yep. And there's a good, uh, we were talking about Zen parables. There's a really good Zen parable about a Chinese farmer and the, the word maybe. So if, if nobody has read that parable, go read it because it really is about um, staying neutral and no matter what happens and because you really don't know when situations, and that's why I always ask about fail forward moments, I think w what people create as bad situations, they turn those into that rather than just allowing it, sitting with it, and then letting it pass. I think that's the best way that you can do it. And even if you're going to take a breath and take a pause before you react to something, usually just that little pause will take care of a lot of, of headaches for people. Yeah, and also I know where this is going to go because it's the other word besides allowing. It's the two A's. I've been using allowing a lot. And I've been using the word awareness a lot. And it goes hand in hand with what you just said, Ryan, which is it starts with awareness, which is not, which is a connector to having a meditation or mental practice each day. Because the more you practice this and become aware of thoughts coming up and getting skilled at being neutral to the thoughts rather than engaging them, or as you said, resisting them, well, then what happens is you build an awareness through that mental practice, just like you'd get an acumen of any skill, like ground balls in the hole. If you're, if you're not as good as ground balls to your right as you are to your left, and then you take a thousand ground balls the next day to your right, or whichever way I said is, is the side you need to work on, you're going to get more skilled at that. And so this idea of, of having a practice each day to, to be neutral, but also to raise your level of awareness so that throughout the day, as you just said, 
you're aware to stop and pause before the train gets rolling, right? And be, before that you start getting, you know, when I say, what I like to say, take the dance. So awareness is a massive piece to this. And how do you become more aware? Well, you have a practice each day that builds that awareness. Yeah, and that's been about eight straight years for me with my morning practice. So it's been huge mental health benefit, um, feel way more creative, um, and I actually sent one of the audios that I listened to before presentations, I actually sent out to the youth stage speakers this week. That's the first time I've ever done that for them because I know it can be stressful for some people that are getting up on the stage for the first time. I actually really enjoy that side of it, speaking on stage. But I think a lot of it has to do with all the training that I've, I've done up to that point. To, yes. I reframe, you know, when, when I'm talking to athletes and, and they view it as anxiety, I try to get them to reframe it as excitement. So rather than use the word anxiety, I try to get them to reframe it as, as excitement where you're, you're preparing for something that should be exciting to happen. I love that, man. I think that's so smart. And also another word, it just hit me as you were talking is inspiring. Meaning there's a reason I've told this to other speakers before, um, cause we all know it, it can be intimidating or challenging when you speak in front of a large group, unless you have a certain, you're built a certain way. Like it sounds like you are where you just, you don't think about it. And I feel like I've gotten better at it. But yeah, I, I think it's normal. You know, obviously, they talk about <laughs> how, how um, scary speaking, public speaking can be to, to you know, there's, there's studies and all that about it. It's but, above dying for people. Right. Fear, fear of public speaking is, a, is ahead of dying. On the yeah, list of that's so I love what you said about reframing it. <clears throat> and, and something that I've used with coaches as well is I, I've said, look, there's a reason they're asking you to speak because you're an educator and they, <clears throat> people, excuse me, people feel like you're going to have an impact on the community. That's why they're asking you to speak. So look at this more as you're, you're, you're sharing and, and really you're, you're trying to really, you're inspiring is what you're doing as a teacher. It's what we all do, you know, whether we realize it or not. Um, I think, I think we do realize it is that we're ultimately just trying to inspire Yes, we're trying to teach and educate, but we're also trying to inspire. And so I love your idea, Ryan, of reframing to excitement. And I would add a couple other words in there, which could be, you know, inspiring. Um, and also inform, you know, another another word I love is informing. You're you're up there because you're you're there to inform and people want you up there. I mean, someone that has a hard time getting back to neutral. Um, what are some other tips for them to try to get back? Or you, they may not even know what neutral is and, and the state of being neutral. Number one, man, and I know you're familiar with this too, is you, you, I'd say the breath is maybe as big as anything. It's the, the breath is there 24 hours a day. It's always there as a support system. And it's always in the present moment. And I And it's also, by the way, not a thought, as you know. And I like the idea of going to the breath for several reasons. And so that's a great starting point. So if nothing else, go to your breath as a reset, as a stop. Maybe you don't even know what the word neutral, you don't understand the concept of neutrality quite yet. But the idea of just stopping and breathing, as you said earlier, and pausing is step one. But I would still say, no matter what, it's going to come back to awareness, meaning the more aware you become of what it means to be neutral or what your mind may be thinking about throughout the day, um, the better that you can be aware to pause, right? And to know to use your, your breath. Um, but the other things you could do is you could tune into your breathing. Um, you can instantly put your attention on something else 
that you feel like, how about this word, is constructive or instructive, <laughs> right? So that's another thing to do is, is direct your attention. Well, where do I want it to go? Like I've, I've paused, I've taken a breath, now what? And so I, I actually talk about this neutrality as I think you know, in two parts. You know, part one is, well, three parts. One is being aware, but really step one is, is to be neutral once you're aware. And then step two is, okay, where do I wanna channel my attention or direct it to now? And we can use this as a good sports analogy too. You're in the game. Um, let's say you gave up a, a hit and the bases are loaded. And now you're, you're worrying about, is the coach gonna take me out of the game? So there, there goes the ruminating, right? There, there goes the thinking, um, the future, the past. And all of a sudden you're like, nope, I'm gonna take my breath. That's good, now I'm neutral. Okay, now what? <laughs> Step two is to redirect or direct your attention. Where do you want it to go? Well, we teach pitchers to have, we teach all the athletes to have a process. So as an example for a pitcher, my process would be breathe, which okay, I just did. Maybe I'll take another breath. And then where's my focal point? And then I wanna attack my focal point, right? So we'll use this more in life because the, the point of the article with Adam was to really talk about more with life away from the field. So let's use life as an example. Okay, so um, you're somewhere in a, with, a, with a bunch of friends, someone says something that really bothers you. Well, number one, you can address it. This is not about being in denial. <laughs> um, but two, let's say it's something that you don't really feel like you want to address. Um, you just, maybe you'll address it later. Um, so you want to get back to enjoying the party, but meanwhile, you're ruminating and thinking about how upsetting that thought was. Or the idea is that unless you're going to take action on it, which you can and, and address it with the person, um, be neutral. Let it be, breathe, and now redirect your attention back to, oh, I'm, a, I'm with a bunch of my friends at a party and I want to just stay and be engaged and enjoy the night. So that, I guess, would be a couple of simple examples. Yeah. And yeah, I do talk about the suicide rate numbers that we've had, you know, really post COVID 2021, it was um, 48,000 in 2022, it was 49,000. 76% of that is white males. Um, so it is, that's kind of what our epidemic is right now with the suicide rates. And um, I just feel like people don't have a good daily practice built in. Um, which allows for a lot of those negative thoughts to creep in and those turn into to harmful situations, whether it's self-harm or drugs and alcohol. Um, I think that's where you see huge things happen because people don't have those type of practices built up to, to help them make better decisions. Yeah, and, and again, it would start with an awareness that I have thoughts that are turning into actions that are turning into negative ruminating and negative obsessing or dwelling. So that's one, to be aware of it. And then two, like you said, to have tools. And that's why I love this tool being neutral because uh, it doesn't mean that, you know, being in therapy isn't vital. It doesn't mean that, you know, there aren't other tools as well. But in a way, you can almost say, I don't know if I've ever said this before, but you can almost say that the origin of the majority of any kind of dysfunctions that a human being may have or, or mental health issues someone may have you're going to kind of stem not from maybe that first thought. It's going to go back to something we talked about earlier. It's going to stem from what are you adding to the first thought and then the second thought and the 50th thought. And then all of a sudden, as you know, it can become very emotional. And now we're including anger and fear, fear. and stress and worry. And so um, 
again, I just, I, I, I the reason I feel like this topic is so important is just to, as you said, to get people A, aware of this topic, neutrality, but B, to realize that if they just start applying this tool and chipping away throughout the day and having a practice each day with some form of meditation, that all of a sudden as they get into the day, they have tools now to, to, to stop the thing at, 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 this, at the start, you know, rather than that first thought turning into that 400th thought, you know, and then that becoming, of course, potentially very deep emotional stuff, which again is where we're going now down to this ultimate place, unfortunately, or this, this, um, this darkest place, if you will, with like suicide. Um, so again, I just, I just love the fact that we're talking about this because I actually feel like if you can get to people before the, the you know, the, the mohill turns into the mountain or whatever the analogy is. Um, That's what Scott Fox calls it. We're not trying to fill cavities. You need to have, <laughs> you need to have a daily maintenance program built in. Um, and hopefully things are going great, but that's a, a way to stay on top of it and keep it rolling in that right direction by having a daily practice because it does kind of help you head things off at the pass. And, um, you know, they call it being the observer, which I really like that term um, where you're basically being the observer. You're going to observe. And again, it's much better to just allow things to happen and sit with it. And, and feel those emotions. It's, it's great to feel those emotions, but then reframe and redirect to something else. And, um, you know, that's just part of, of all of it. You mentioned the continuum. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go to that in one sec. If I can just say one thing, because you yeah. said something really powerful. It just struck something with me. When you're also neutral, because you just said something about this that's really, really important. The more you become neutral, the more you can start to feel like you're distancing yourself from the thoughts. So here's a really interesting topic. You don't take it as personally. So a lot of times, as you know, we have a negative thought or situation and we're in our, we get in our heads about it and start to ruminate. And now the personal, the person part, it gets very strong in the person. One of the beautiful things about being neutral is you feel a sense of objectivity. You feel a sense of, like you said, the observer, that's the word you said and you step back and all of a sudden you start creating some distance. So it's not like it's right here in your head and in your body. All of a sudden you start feeling like it's kind of, it's a little bit over here and it's a little bit over here. Maybe the more you keep focusing on this, this neutral piece and becoming more aware, the more distance you get. And all of a sudden it's like, instead of there's a lot of clouds around the body and the sun, you can barely feel it. All of a sudden the sun is beaming. You're, you're, in, in other words, with the metaphors, you become the sun because you're now creating more distance in, you know, in space from it. Um, so anyway, I just thought you using the word observer, I want people to also hear this, that part of the beauty of being neutral is that you also start to take yourself maybe out of that dance with the thoughts. And then who are you when you're not in the dance with your thoughts is a whole nother topic for another day. But it's like, wow, I'm also, I'm in this space. I'm in this kind of free place. I'm kind of back to just being my normal flowing you know, happy person, if you will, whatever, whatever you want to couch that. Um, the continuum, where I guess the continuum and neutral sort of align is the continuum. I look at the continuum is sort of like, I'll, I'll give you a, a line I wrote down that I always, always bring up with people, um, especially anybody I'm, I'm 
well, anybody that's willing to listen. And then the line is this, and, and the feedback from this line people love because it gives them a different take on, on the zone. And then we'll tie this back to the continuum. And the line is, is that the zone is always happening. That's the sun. The sun's always shining. The question is, are you thinking about something that's taking you out of the zone? So now, what if we use the word neutral to say, oh, neutral is just allowing me to be back in the zone that's always there. Again, the zone's always happening. It's always there. It's just whether I thought myself out of it. And now we can use this metaphor with life and the continuum. So in other words, I'm going through life, something bothered me, whether it's on the field or off the field, breathe, step back, pause, be neutral. Now, if I don't take the dance with the mind and the thoughts, whatever it's coming from, I have a chance to just reside or, or land back into what's already there. And so the, the reason the continuum is so important is just for people to be aware that it's always there. It's sort of like you said something earlier, Ryan, that was important, like people maybe aren't even aware to know to pause or be aware that there's something called neutrality. And I would say the same thing about this idea of the continuum that if people just knew that the zone or the flow, right, your best day ever in life is always there, literally 24 seven. Now all of a sudden this idea of being neutral allows me to just step back and really step into what's already there. Yeah, and we, with our first pre-call, I talked about Trevor Moad's book, uh, Getting the Neutral, which, um, and, and he does, a really good job of kind of explaining that in any situation, not to view it positively or negatively, just to try to stay neutral as you can. Because again, what, what we ruminate on or what we fear, 95% of the time never happens. And so I'll, you, mostly it's created within your ears about what could happen, the what ifs that might happen, or this could happen. And 98% of the time it never happens. It usually it works out the way it's supposed to anyway. Totally agree, man. And I think that's just another thing that it's another concept that, that the more people are aware of, the more they can realize that that first thought, like you said, it was 98% not even going to happen. And we're spending so much time in that nine, in that 2%, like the worrying when it's 98% not going to happen theoretically. And, 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 and just to know like, Hey, Step back, be neutral. There's, there's such a large percentage of chance that this, this isn't even happening. And again, it's back to awareness. Just that statement alone, Ryan, is so important for people to realize that, yes, just to be aware that my, just to know that my thoughts are generally the, the step we've talked. And about if you're this. worried about it, write it down and check back in a week or two and see if it happened. Yeah, you can so check back in journal 10 it. minutes. Journal <laughs> it. What you thought was going to happen, write it down, journal it, and check back in in a couple of weeks and see if how you thought it was going to turn out. It did. It probably didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I think we both know. And I think, the, I think everybody actually knows that it's just whether they're aware of it or not, that so much of so many of the things that we think and worry about in the future or the past, it's, it's like, it's, it's okay. It's just, it's just us thinking about it and projecting. And um, yeah, I love, I just love this topic because this topic, the idea is that it's, the thing I love about neutral too is that it's a constant, meaning it's just always there. It's back to like the continuum. It's the the thought of you just being able to be neutral and then getting skilled at it. And at first it might be a little tricky because you have 
old thoughts that have a lot of history and a lot of familiarity and it might come back and so you were neutral really well and then three minutes later it comes back and that's part of the practice too is just to keep saying it's okay allow it allow and you know this from meditating just allow it just keep allowing it and then eventually the idea is that you will just, pass you're on your raft too shall pass <laughs> this too shall pass. Hey, I, you mentioned you're revamping the return to th throwing protocol. And honestly, neutrality, you can link that to players coming off injuries too. Because there's that fear of, will I ever be able to play again? Will I ever be able to pitch again? And so there's some neutrality involved with returning to throwing too. Dude, you know, man, how this works. There is, it applies to everything everything like you could create a worry about just about anything in life whether it's return to throwing post-surgery whether it's you're going to make your high school team or not uh, whether you get drafted or not whether you're going to get cut or not you can go to both sides you can go to the positive or the negative and at the end of the day this idea of being neutral one of the most beautiful things about being neutral is that the idea is it takes out the future and the past it literally I hate to say eliminates it, but it, it just basically allows it to go wherever it needs to go. And in a way, it, it just doesn't exist. All that exists is the continuum. <laughs> Back to the continuum. Hey, how did the Thanksgiving webinar, Zoom webinar go? Amazing. You know, I, I sit there, I felt like a little mini ABC show. Um, got a little taste of what it's like for you guys you know we did it the year before as well and look I'm just sitting there honestly as a, as a as a student a friend you know these are friends of mine of course um but man you know how it goes there's something very magical about hosting and providing um such brilliant speakers to to speak and and share and also the format we we have as you know is very very interactive on purpose and um and so anybody can check in and, and ask questions. And so uh, long story short, man, thank you for asking. It was just, it was a joy. And, and for me, it, it just, I don't know, it just felt so cool to hear these brilliant people speak. And, um, and also the appreciation I get from so many people DMing me afterward and thanking me and how much they got out of the, the Zoom session. So yeah, it, it was, it was my was an ABCA moment, man. <laughs> you know, and for people from the outside looking into you, they see you kind of as that calm demeanor. But with China says when you're on the golf course and tennis court, like you're a, a madman. So how are you able to kind of take neutrality into the competitive environment? Because I know you're fiery in, in the competitive arena and it's probably not your persona. What allows you to kind of maintain neutrality, but also find that different gear when you're competing? Yeah, I think what China really means, I think he means I'm just, I'm fiercely or very committed to the plan. It, it's not like, maybe in the old days, yes, in the old days for sure, I was pretty too intense, no doubt about it. But I think what China really means is that what I do is I get very, I channel all of that determination, if you will, instead of into anger and intensity and, 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 and then kind of that emotional charge. It's more of that, I try to be more Zen in that way. I wanna be quiet, but I wanna be free, but I wanna be clear and committed. And I think that that commitment level, even though at some point really, if you get into a good flow state, you don't even really feel like you're committing as much as you're just, um, you're just doing it, like riding a bike. Yeah. But no, I would say 
what I try to do, especially in tennis, because golf, I, I just know in golf, I have to be quiet. I have to be calm. I have to be free. Not that you don't want those in all sports, but I feel like in tennis, um, I have to channel a little bit more exertion, right? A little bit more assertion. And, uh, and so I think, to be honest with you, I try to practice what I preach. Number one, I have a process in anything I do, even speaking or not, not just in sports, but just to stick with tennis for a second, you know, I have a process, which is to be on my toes, uh, slightly lean forward. I try to be in space and be free so I can react any direction, right, as freely as possible. And really committing to the, just trusting the shot. I, I'm one thing I think I've really gotten pretty good at over the years because I te- I've taught it for 30 years is I just try at all costs. Not that I'm perfect, but at all costs, it is now. It's committing to my process now. I don't I don't know what day of the week it is. I don't know what the score is. Not that I'm perfect at this, but that's my intention. And I think that's where China's talking about that. I get you know kind of very, very committed and determined um, to my process. Do you have any newer fail forward moments? I know I asked you a long time ago about a fail forward moment. Do you have any newer fail forward moments? Fail forward meaning like- Something you thought was gonna sidetrack you, but looking back now, it helped you move forward? I'd say the main thing that happened to me in my life, a junior at Cal State Northridge, is uh, I went through a mental health challenge, if you will, and uh, so much so that I left the team for six weeks, eight weeks, and sort of was like, in a way, the end of my career, but it was the greatest blessing, or like the greatest, but I'll just say it was one of a, it was a very critical blessings in my life, for sure, because it got me on my path to study the mind, mental health, spirituality, Zen, meditation, and so I'm here today um, talking about things we're talking about because of that. Because if I hadn't gone through that, in my mind, I was going to play baseball as long as I could. And then I was going to be maybe, a, I don't know, an accountant. I don't think I would have ended up doing anything behind a desk, to be honest with you, looking back. But at the time, I just assumed I'd do something in the business world. And not that there would have been anything wrong with that. Or I might have been a, um, a coach still. But, man, failing forward, so to speak, I never heard, I like that concept. It absolutely was one of my greatest moments and teachers of all time and at the time it was absolute you talk about feeling scared feeling uh like he had no idea what was going on no tools um it was a very very rough and challenging time but as we all know in life man that's what those those difficult challenging times um are are, are teach our arguably our greatest teachers or some of our greatest teachers. And so bring this back. It's always the adversity that you're going to learn much more from adversity than you are when things are going well. I just don't think you, I don't think you have ever learned when things are going well. You might a little bit, you might fall into it, but it's always from adverse situations and, and setbacks that help you move forward. And, you know, it's true. Like you might have to take a step back to go forward. You know, it happens to all of us. When do you mix time in for your daily practice? When is your when is your time to practice? Yeah, I'm doing this to you again. I'm sorry, man. Just another point on what you just said. I, I think to bring it also back to mental health for other people that are going through challenges right now, both of what we're talking about, so important for them to realize that even if it seems dark or tough or challenging, just to trust, uh, to trust that it's a teacher, 
and, and just trust that there's a, there, the lights there. Uh, the zone's always happening, whether you realize it or not. And um, so, yeah, I just wanted to make a, a point about that. My, I love the question, Ryan, and you're going to love this answer. You like how I'm going on a limb. And if you don't like the answer, be honest with me. <laughs> I'm, I'm neutral on answers. <laughs> I love it, I man. stay neutral. <laughs> Give the guy I'll let the guest, I let the guest decide that. I'm a big Rick, Rick Rubin fan, so... You know, he, he's been out and about a lot here on social, but he's got a great, great term on basically taking the audience out of any kind of content that he puts out. Like, cause yeah, I think I, it does allow you to stay neutral on putting content out as if you're really coming from the heart and making it from the heart. Cause some people are going to resonate with it and some people aren't, but like you, you don't know what people are going to resonate with. So just put something out from the heart and you're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. If, if anybody out there has not seen the, um, Rick on uh, 60 minutes. Yeah. It's, uh, what's Rick's last name? Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin. It, I, it blew me away. I started just... with the beastie boys and Def Jam started with Jeff Def Jam records and then got sideways and moved to, I think Shangri-La is the name of his recording studio. There's a really good documentary on Shangri-La itself that he's in, but it, it basically takes you through the whole recording studio area and his house. It's very cool. The Avett brothers uh, are from North Carolina originally, but he's in their documentary too where they actually went to record uh, one of their albums. And so I, I really like the Avett brothers as well, but I'm a big fan of Rick Rubens. Yeah, well... <laughs> Make sure you go to YouTube or CBS to watch that 60 minute. I did not want it to end. It was so enthralling and he is just, he is amazing. Um, Talking about being in tune to the universe. Oh, talk about being in the flow and, and that, and, and being in tune with being neutral if things come up, because he just wants to be in the flow and create and be an artist. So, and Jim That's, Richardson in our office played an instrument and was in a band. So we talk about music a lot. And here's an example of a person that doesn't know how any of the equipment works. He can't play an instrument. He just understands what sounds good. Like yeah. he's, he's a genius as far as understanding what sounds good to the ear. Uh, your question. So... My stock stock answer would normally be in the mornings. Um, I used to do it before I did anything, literally. I'd shower, wake up, maybe have a small bite, and then meditate. And I have a stretching routine, which is maybe about an hour. Um, lately, it's I wake up. I might do something to try to stay off of any kind of technology. Um, not that I'm perfect at it, but essentially to answer your question is, is I'll at some point find my way over right over there in my, my room on my carpet. And it, it's usually between 40 minutes and an hour where I'm doing all different forms of, of, of either meditating, but I'm definitely stretching too. Um, and then I usually formally will sit um, for a certain amount of time, but here's sort of the kicker to your question that I hope you like. Um, I have been focused for about maybe two years now on bringing the meditation, the continuum into life. So the real answer to your question is, is that I'm really focusing sounds a little bit too efforting too much, but to use that term, I'm, I'm trying to be aware 
of meditating all the time. Like I, I want to be in that state of awareness and, and freedom and clarity and just flowing, if you will, through the day where I, where I, from everything I've studied and everything I've felt, when you're flowing, your instincts are heightened, your senses are heightened. So you're going to tend to make, you know, clearer decisions. You're going to tend to be more aware of if a negative thing comes up to be neutral much faster. So to answer your question is meditation for me now has really just become a, a way of life. It, it's just something that that's back to the continuum. I'm trying to continually be in that space and that flow. And, and, and I feel like it's helped me a ton. If something negative comes up or a distracting thought, I feel like my awareness level is really I are much higher because I'm not just med not that 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 I mean that's great. It's not that I'm just doing 20 minutes a day or whatever it is. I feel like I'm getting hours in a way of, in a day of practice, and so it's yeah, that's the answer. I hope you like it. Have you had a chance to look at Inside Pitch or is it just your article? No, I don't have. I don't think the magazine won't be out until Adam. Adam sent me the PDF Dropbox. I uh, got it here. Oh, it's actually it's it's good. I I started to dive into it a little bit, but. Want to give all the contributors a shout out. Uh, obviously, we don't we don't make that thing go without the contributors that put content in there for every edition. And then obviously with Adam's hard work and John Litchfield and Keith Madison, um, you know, with, with Lou retiring, what's almost like we're picking up the 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 banner here for for where Lou left it. Um, you know, and again, a shout out to Lou Pavlovich. I was in there as well. I was in collegiate baseball. 10 rules of recovery and the time management planner. So I got a few, few in there. So Lou, I in appreciate Tucson? you. You were at his place in Tucson? Uh, I have not ever been. I was never, never made it out to Tucson. Oh, I'm sorry. What, would, what did you say? I missed I was in collegiate baseball. One of my articles was in collegiate baseball. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's special, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm I was really bummed. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him. It's obviously for the retiring part and how hard. People don't realize like what Lou does, like basically, well, Diana's wife obviously helps a ton too, but what Lou does between all the polls and all the coaches he's talked to and high school and, and JC and division one, two, three, NAIA, it's, it's just soup to nuts, as they say, man, he, he does, they, they do it all over there and Diane really I started reading it in high school because my dad would get it. So I would, I was an avid collegiate baseball reader in high school because it was about really the only thing that you could get your hands on that that was dedicated to mostly college, which is tremendous. College and high school, so it's fun. It is, and they're just they're just so sweet. I got I'm fortunate because I got to meet Diane a number of times and, and being at the facility there. You just see, like, Diana is there every day. Too. Like, you see what goes on there, and with the two of them, the two of them. I'm telling you, man, it's like the two of them. What they do, like, they do everything. I, I, they may even do the printing in there. Like, it's, it's like a, it's huge. Anyway, that's gonna. I'm so excited to see Lou, though. I just, uh, just. What else that. are you looking forward to at the convention this year? Everything. How about that? How's that an easy answer? Yes. I number one. Um, I think the word that always jumps out with me is connection, um, especially with the COVID and missing out a, a year or two. It's just connecting. It's connecting with such good friends, old friends, and then also obviously the new coaches and 
and I'm, and I'm, you know, we're both teachers by trade. So for me, they have, you know, we've had a booth there for, I don't know, 10 or 12 or 14 years now. And just people coming to the booth and, and, and teaching as well. Um, the speakers obviously are fantastic. Um, you know how it is, man. It's just a, you know, it's just such a, it's like for four days, you're just engulfed in this nonstop connecting, social, educational, yep. And it's, it's just, and, and you know, You're I was just going to say, sorry, I was going to say that there's that other piece that we both know so well. It's the stairwell at 1 a.m. Um, talking to a coach and, and, and just, it's those impromptu, spontaneous moments, man, that there's just, there's so many countless things to talk about. I tell people who've never been to the ABCA show, it's a stock statement, man. I say it all the time in life. If you've never been, you will, I literally cannot do it justice. It will blow you away <laughs> once you get there. All right, what are some final thoughts? Seeing you. Uh, and seeing you and all I'm my ABCA brothers, man. Uh, what are some final thoughts before I let you go? So I got to go pack here for, for Dallas, flying out tomorrow. <laughs> it's so cool that we're doing this like yes. three, four days before the convention. Um, my final thoughts is number one is thank you. You, because you... Uh, your passion for not only this topic, mental health, but obviously your passion um, for just being an incredible spokesperson for the ABCA. Uh, I know personally from you how important this topic is as well. Um, thank you for having me on and, and doing this um, and talking about a topic that I think and what we both think is just really kind of one of those lightning rod kind of topics. It, it really can change someone's life. That's what I told Adam when we first can started save talking about this. It could, it could literally change or save somebody's life. And so thank you for doing this. And my only final thoughts is just, um, you know, I hope for people that are listening to this, um, yeah, try it, give it a chance. Um, reach out to us if they And there's questions. some guided too. I always try to nudge people to probably start with some sort of guided audio meditation first, just because of the amount of thoughts. And, and you say that all the time. I think it's 69,000 or 70,000 thoughts a day is what you have. And I think that's where people get sideways in the initial as they try to do it without guided. Really dive into a calm or a headspace. If you don't know where to start, dive into calm or headspace. They have guided meditations on there and start with a guided meditation. And, and if you want, my email is always on the backside of the podcast. Shoot me an email. I'll Dropbox all the audios that I have that I've kept over the years that I used with players that I've used personally. Um, I am more than readily available to share. Uh, if anybody wanted those audios, because I think it's a really good place to start if you haven't done it before, just because the amount of thoughts that you're going to have going on in between your ears when you sit down for the first time. And if I can also, Ryan, since you mentioned it, you just reminded me. So I have like three other little plugs and, and helpful things. One, I've got a guided meditation. Also, um, if they, if anybody reaches out, DM us at Jager Sports. Um, you can DM us. You can get our contact email. Obviously, you know, I mean, of course, through our website. So I have a guided meditation. That's one. Two, uh, my partner and our VP China, as you know, Jim Jim Batcher in China, um, put together a mental warrior program that has a very beginning st steps of just laying on the mat for five minutes to start with. Jim has, uh, I think, at least three maybe guided meditations in that mental warrior program. Um, so that's two and then the other resource i want to make sure people are aware of oh and then on youtube i also have a, a mental talk there's a guided meditation on that as well just jager mental training on youtube and then lastly uh 
Chatham McCarney's, you know, I know he's his hat's his behind his hat's right behind me. I see his hat. Triple A D is free mental health resources. China McCarney, triple A D dot org, I believe. And so China is obviously another incredibly helpful resource. But no man, um, thank and you. Walking Tall me. Movement is out there too. They've been on the podcast with me. So that's Chris Malzuski and Todd Blylevin's foundation. So they're they're trying to help with that as well for people that have gone through traumatic events. Um, so, you know, and I think that's part of the education piece too, is I don't think people realize there's, there's more resources out there than you think. And, and if you need help, please reach out to someone. Don't feel like you're alone in this thing because you're not. So just, just even a quick call or text to somebody could, could mean a world of difference for somebody. I'm glad you said that. It's smart to just remind people, like, no matter what, no matter where you are, even if it feels dark, just reach out call somebody it's unbelievable how much that could change your state just make the call yep make the call all right sir you're the best right back at you my friend i appreciate you i'll see you in like three days man yes for sure how about that for a comment i'll see you in three days (laughs) i love it love it appreciate you man thanks again to everyone that listens to the abca podcast hard to believe that this year i'm closing in on 300 episodes recorded i want to wish everyone a successful 2024 season Thanks again to Jim Richardson, John Litchfield, Zach Hale, Matt West, and Antonio Walker in the ABCA office for all their help on the podcast. Feel free to reach out to me via email at rbrownlee at abca.org, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at CoachB underscore ABCA, or direct message me via the MyBCA app. This is Ryan Brownlee signing off for the American Baseball Coaches Association. Thanks, and leave it better for those behind you. Wait for another